The most beautiful city, the passing of our beloved ones, La Bellissima Ciudad, written by Maestro Walter Anthony Blair, and narrated by Madeline Steinbach. Chapter 1. The Tragedy Once upon a time, but not so long ago, there lived a six-year-old girl named Alicia who lived with her parents in an old cabin near the wavy, deep, dark blue sea. The genesis of this story takes place on one cold, blustery day in the month of January, while her dad drove Alicia and her mom from Chicago to New York in horrible weather. The roads were covered and consumed with black ice, and there was very poor visibility. Suddenly, the car spun out of control and crashed into a huge oak tree. This terrible tragedy caused her parents to pass away. But thanks be to God, Alicia miraculously survived. However, this tragedy caused her to be emotionally depressed and heartbroken with grief for many years to come. With much urgency, Miss Runfio made an important decision to adopt Alicia. In her trepidation, she never forgot her promise as the godmother that if there were ever a family tragedy to happen, then she would become the one who would love and take care of Alicia for the rest of her life. Shortly after the passing of her parents, the Department of Children of Family Services prepared the paperwork to transfer her as the adopted daughter and goddaughter of Miss Runfio, who lived in New York City. Miss Runfio was elated to take care of her, as she showered her with plenty of love, joy, and compassion. However, the passing of her parents continued to haunt her with much sadness, sorrow, and grief. Miss Runfio loved and adored Alicia so much. She was a widow who never had children of her own. I believe that somehow she was moved with empathy and compassion to treat Alicia as her own biological daughter. As time passed on, their relationship grew stronger and stronger, but Alicia would always keep the memory of the love she had for her parents hidden deeply in her heart. One day, Miss Runfio, Miss Runfio asked Alicia, Why don't we do something exciting to make the world more beautiful? Alicia hesitated and replied, Let's go to Mexico and open up our own restaurant, and you can sell your delicious Mexican food such as carne asada, pozole, carnitas, and by the way, what's that delicious drink called? Are you thinking about horchata? Claro que sí, mamita. Yes, of course, mommy. Miss Runfio and Alicia enjoyed traveling around New York City. 
Alicia loved visiting Liberty Island, where she saw the Statue of Liberty for the first time. Also, she saw the sights and sounds of Times Square, the Empire State Building, and Central Park. Miss Runfio informed Alicia that her Mexican ancestors, who were from Mexico, migrated to America on steamboats from 1848 to 1930. Miss Runfio said, I think many of them had to pass through the ports of Ellis Island, which was an important immigration center, in order to get here. Alicia chuckled and said, What are steamboats? Miss Runfio simply nodded, shrugged, and candidly said, I think you better Google it. She learned that steamboats were propelled primarily by steam power, typically driving propellers or paddle wheels through the wavy, dark, deep blue sea. Chapter 2 Second Grade Dual Language the next morning, Miss Runfio enrolled Alicia at Sator Sanchez Elementary School, located in Brooklyn, New York. During this time, she was a seven-year-old student in the second grade. Alicia's teacher's name was Miss Lopez, who was a very young teacher in her first year of teaching. She had welcomed and introduced Alicia to her new class. Her classmates were flabbergasted and filled with excitement that day because they knew that whenever a new student would enroll in their class for the first time, then Miss Lopez would promise them for that day they would have no homework. Of course, they all cheered and welcomed Alicia with open arms to their class. Alicia was quite timid so brave Justin volunteered to be her buddy student. During Fun Friday, Justin and a few other classmates asked Alicia to play Legos and Twister with them. Alicia loved free time on Fridays because she got a chance to get to know her classmates' names. But she was still adamant about sharing her personal life about her family. Alicia got excellent grades in reading, math, science, and social studies. On the other side of the coin, she was very shy and would refuse to participate in whole group discussions. Once upon a time, I remember a very hot day in the month of May when our class celebrated a Mother's Day tradition. We made our own personal Mother's Day cards, which consisted of beautiful silk flowers on cardstock construction paper, ornaments, and decorated eggs for this special occasion. Also, some children decided to make plain and simple cards to express their love and appreciation for their mothers. It was sad and shocking to see that Alicia did not want to engage in this activity, and she began to shed tears and sob when she was asked by her teacher to make one card for her mom. As an empathetic and caring educator, Miss Lopez believed in the principle that no child should be left behind. So she tried to console and comfort her with words of encouragement about how mothers are supposed to be honored, loved, and respected. 
Our school's buddy bench was located in the school's playground for kids like Alicia that had a very difficult time sharing their emotions and solving their own problems in school. Alicia had heard rumors that this bench was donated for those children who desperately needed someone to talk to in times of trouble or when they hit rock bottom. However, during recess, Alicia chose not to sit on it, but found a sense of relief as she went to play with and have fun with other kids on the playground. Alicia pondered and thought quietly to herself this thought, I hate this school and I will never tell anyone my secret. The Mother's Day project had finally come and gone, and Alicia felt a sigh of relief as she said, I hope that day never comes again. Nevertheless, there was only about a month of school left, and she impatiently waited to go home to be with her mamita, Mommy. In fact, she somehow got interested in the ABC countdown, which gave her a glimpse of hope and joy to come. She wondered about where she and her mamita would go during summer vacation. Maybe we could travel on a cruise to such faraway places as Puerto Rico, Europe, and Canada. That summer, Miss Runfio took Alicia to the New York Zoo, located a few miles from Central Park. Alicia saw some exotic animals that once upon a time lived in faraway places such as Africa, South America, and even Mexico. She visited the temporary habitats of these wild animals and saw all kinds of species of lions, bears, apes, elephants, and kangaroos. During the latter part of her vacation, Miss Runfio took her to Walt Disney Amusement Park in Florida, where Alicia begged her mamita to take her on the gigantic roller coaster called the Tornado. But she declined and told Alicia, I really think that special rides such as the tornado are for older kids. Alicia responded by awing and pleading with Miss Runfio to change her mind. Anyway, she decided to finally take Alicia to see Guardians of the Galaxy, to experience the horrors in an ancient castle called the Tower of Terror. Alicia spent hours watching the characters who were dressed up in weird costumes to play the part and resemble the actual characters from that blockbuster movie. Wow! They even allowed me to take pictures with them and sign their autographs on pictured t-shirts. My favorite characters were Gamora and Groot. Perhaps the scariest time of my life was when Mamita and I visited and toured the Twilight Zone's Tower of Terror ride. This was a gigantic castle covered with all kinds of vines and flowers in the center of Walt Disney Amusement Park. As we entered the castle, it was dark and scary. We saw images of monsters and ghosts from the early Twilight Zone movie, hosted by... What's that man's name? Who always wears a white shirt with a black tie and a black suit, Mamita? 
Miss Runfeel hesitated briefly and replied, His name is Rod Sterling. It was funny how they showed an ancient castle haunted by monsters and ghosts from the Twilight Zone. I have never been so scared in all my life, replied Alicia, especially when we got on that dark, scary elevator. And on every floor that we stopped on, there was a spooky scene shown from the movie itself. Miss Runfeo told Alicia that the Twilight Zone movies were the first scariest movies that she had ever watched as a child. Alicia told her mamita that she never wanted to return to that castle again because she believed that it was more appropriate for adults than children. I guess you are right, Alicia, Miss Runfeo repented by telling Alicia that sometimes as parents, we should be more mindful about what our children are watching on television, and I will be more mindful of the places that I take you next time. That summer, Alicia had the best time of her life traveling with her mamita. For the first time, she traveled and visited many faraway places with her. Alicia could not wait until next summer, because she had her eyes set on traveling to Mexico City. She asked her mamita, Can we go to Mexico next year? What do you know about Mexico, mi hijita, affectionate daughter? Well, when I googled it, I learned that we could visit such interesting places as El Templo Mayor, Major Temple, Museo de Antropología, Anthropology Museum, and Castillo de Chapultepec, Chapultepec Castle which all were located in the El Distrito Federal in Mexico. Alicia continued to convince her mamita that traveling to Mexico would help improve her Spanish language skills in speaking, reading, and writing. Also, while we are there, we could learn about the history and culture of Mexico. Alicia was ready to ask her mamita the big question. How did Cinco de Mayo, 5th of May, begin here in the United States? Well, mi hijita, it all started in Mexico City in 1862, when Mexico borrowed a lot of money from Spain, France, and Germany. Although Spain and Germany agreed to allow Mexico to pay back loans for its debts, France refused to forgive Mexico for being in debt, and later decided to remain in Mexico with its large military army to take over and conquer it. Miss Runfeo continued to educate her daughter by informing her that this historic event provoked and rallied a small army of Mexican soldiers to defeat a rather large French army in the Battle of Puebla. This is why we celebrate Cinco de Mayo here in America. Furthermore, this historic event commemorates the heroic efforts of those who fought for their country when all odds were against them. Some people say that this was Mexico's little independence. But the big independence is celebrated on September 16th of every year. 
It celebrates their independence from the country of Spain. Alicia listened attentively while her mom concluded her discussion about the history of Mexico, and she later thanked her for sharing all of this important information about Mexico, the country of her ancestors. Next, Miss Runfio posed the essential question to Alicia. Do you think you can handle a three-hour trip to Mexico? Sure, mamita. We could also visit the Yucatan region of Mexico, where there exists Mayan and Aztec pyramids, dating back thousands of years ago. Her mamita promised Alicia that after she graduates from her 8th grade dual language program at Sator Sanchez Elementary, then she would save enough money so that both of them could take that long-awaited trip to Mexico. Miss Runfio worked as a full-time professional artist for the New York City Art Institute of Science. She loves painting portraits of ancient history. When she was a young girl, she learned how to draw and paint beautiful pictures of the nature's ecosystem. She drew and painted all kinds of different landscapes, animals, birds, insects, and trees. A long time ago, but not so long, her parents became professional artists who painted exotic scenes of nature. When she was a teenager, both her parents passed away, and she went to live with her grandfather, who was an avid and adventurous seaman that took her on many voyages through the wavy, deep blue sea. He was the one who taught her the wonderful and wise proverb, You must always do something to make the world a better and more beautiful place. Miss Runfio loved to study art, science, and history. She traveled to many faraway places such as Europe, Mexico, South America, and Russia. She had the uncanny passion of planting lupine seeds that produced gorgeous and colorful flowers. Children around the world really adored and respected her because her affinity became her passion. Also, she was fluent in four different languages, such as Spanish, French, Russian, and Polish. Alicia soon realized that the main reason why her mamita had enrolled her in a dual-language program was that she believed in the fact that learning about many different languages and cultures can open up many different opportunities for jobs and careers here in the United States and overseas. Anyone who learns a second language can be able to speak read, write, and think in two languages. Miss Runfio asked her hijita the big question. What do you want to be when you grow up, Alicia? Alicia thought about it for a moment and then told her mamita that she wanted to become a nurse and well-known artist like her. Also, Alicia wanted to travel around the world, painting beautiful portraits of nature and spreading the seeds of love, joy, and hope for all of humanity. 
Chapter Three, Third Grade Dual Language. On the first day of school, Mr. Rogers, who was the interim principal at Sator Sanchez Elementary School, blasted over the intercom a friendly message to all boys and girls that said. Welcome back to school, boys and girls. I hope you had a great summer vacation. He thought that it would be a good idea to roll out the red carpet and to inform all teachers to meet and greet their students with high fives, bear hugs, and blowing bubbles for the kiddos throughout the main corridor on the first floor. With great anticipation, Alicia wobbled in to meet her new third-grade teacher, Mrs. Gonzalez. Unfortunately, she felt depressed again when several of her classmates whispered to one another and said, "Look over there! Here comes the crybaby back to school." When Alicia overheard them talking about her, she simply stood there, shrugged for a moment, stared at them, and then stuck out her tongue and made a funny face at them for taunting and teasing her. Mrs. Gonzalez assigned name labels and numbers to all students, along with the first monthly newsletter that talked about school rules and academic expectations for learning Spanish in a dual language program. Also, she informed her students about their daily routine, schedule of classes and activities. In addition, she gave them a behavior contract to take home and have signed by their parents. However, before she could say anything else, Juan raised his hand and replied, "Do we have to talk always about the curriculum and rules? Because I find it really boring." Mrs. Gonzalez responded to his question by stating the fact that as teachers, we must always set clear expectations and goals for our students from the first day of school and throughout the rest of the school year. Alicia was passionate about learning Spanish, and she wanted to know everything that she was expected to learn. In fact, she knew that all of her core classes were instructed in Spanish. Furthermore, she would learn the concepts and skills, such as how to speak, read, write, and solve third-grade word problems in math. Of course, music, art, gym, and science were conducted in the English language. Alicia realized that her class was a flower pot of kids who were from different languages and cultural backgrounds. Besides learning Spanish, she began to speak Urdu, Vietnamese, Polish, French, and Arabic. In Mrs. Gonzalez's third grade class, there was a diversity of children who were African Americans, Latinos, Asians, Pakistanis. Polish, and from other different cultural backgrounds, Alicia's knowledge and understanding of how to speak in different languages made leaps and bounds, as she remembered the old proverb that Miss Runfio had taught her, that encouraged her to always do something to make the world more beautiful. As time passed on, she began to feel more confident about bingo, math blaster, and race time. Also, she participated in the Sator Sanchez Halloween 
Thanksgiving and Christmas school year celebrations. During the second half of the year, she began practicing in the enrichment activities that made her rather content, until the bad news was announced that Mrs. Gonzalez was now expecting her first baby, and that she would be taking an early leave in the month of May. The whole class chanted with much happiness and awing as they shared mixed emotions about the good and bad news about her having a baby, and therefore she would be gone for several months. Mrs. Gonzalez told her class that an awesome substitute teacher named Miss Cruz would take her place to finish out the school year. When Alicia heard the bad news, her heart sank, and she became even more discouraged and frustrated about the news. Finally, the day arrived for Mrs. Gonzalez to take her leave of absence. Alicia could not help herself when she sobbed and hugged her teacher as she left the room. Miss Cruz, who was from Puerto Rico, knew mucho, a lot of, español, Spanish. Miss Cruz continued to follow the current curriculum and lesson plans left by Mrs. Gonzalez. Of course, she taught us how to translate and recite the American Pledge of Allegiance from English to Spanish. We learned about Spanish nouns, pronouns, adjectives, and how to conjugate verbs in the present and past tenses. She spoke Spanish fluently, and she had an adorable cat named Latte. Every morning, right after reciting the American Pledge of Allegiance, we would recite in unison, Prometo lealtad a la bandera de los Estados Unidos de América y a la república a la que representa una nación antes de Dios, indivisible, con libertad y justicia para todos. Another interesting activity that Miss Cruz introduced us to was called Spanish Joclopedia, which was a book that consisted of a bunch of the biggest, best, silliest, and dumbest jokes of all time. Alicia's favorite joke was, ¿Qué nota sacó el gato en su examen? What score did the cat make on the test? With the slip of the tongue, Alicia could not stop herself from shouting out the cognate, Perfecto! Alicia pleaded with Miss Cruz to tell one more joke. Miss Cruz explained to the class that this would be her last joke of the day. Okay, class, here it goes. ¿A dónde van las vaquitas para almorzar? Where do baby calves go to eat lunch? Roberto raised his hand and responded to Dairy Queen. Miss Cruz nodded her head and said, No, Roberto, the baby calves go to the cafeteria. The month of May was soon approaching, and Alicia finally became best friends with her buddy student, Justin, who eventually became Alicia's partner in the think-pair-share reading activity. One day, he got the nerves to ask her the big question. By the way, Alicia, said Justin, I have been meaning to ask you, why do you always cry when our class makes Mother's Day cards? 
Alicia simply shrugged, sighed, and replied, I just don't know why, but if I decide to share my secret with you, and will you promise me that you will never tell it to anyone else? Justin said, Of course, Alicia, I promise to keep your secret with me forever. Alicia pulled Justin aside and whispered these words. Well, both my mom and dad passed away many years ago, in a horrible crash when I was little. And whenever I am told to make a Mother's Day card like the other kids, I cry because I really miss them, and I so much desperately want to see them again. When Justin heard this, he immediately felt empathy and compassion for her. Oh, I am so sorry to hear that. The following week, Justin finally shared and whispered his deep secret into Alicia's ears, and he told her that he once had a kind and sweet dog named Rover for 15 years, and that he passed away with cancer. Then Alicia felt the courage to ask Justin a very profound question. Do you ever think we will ever see our loved ones again? Justin was quite hesitant at first, as he pondered in his mind and replied, I believe there is a beautiful place where special people and animals will go to live forever when they pass away. Also, I believe that there is a wise king who lives in the kingdom and keeps it illuminated forever, bright both day and night because it never gets dark. Justin continued to share with Alicia that a priest told him that the people who live there never get sick and pass away because they eat from the tree of life. The relationship between Alicia and Justin grew closer and stronger each year, and Miss Gonzalez, who had now returned from her maternity leave, had asked Miss Cruz if she could stay on as her assistant teacher to assist her in planning guided reading groups. They both agreed, but they had a difficult time separating the two best friends— because they would always choose each other as partners for most of the daily routines, especially during paired grouping, think-pair-share routine, and during field trips. However, when Miss Gonzalez made the monthly seating plan, she would never sit Alicia and Justin together due to their consistent chattering with one another. Of course, they sat and ate together for snacks and lunch, played together during recess, and also went home together on the bus. Their classmates would sometimes complain that they were both stingy and stubborn with their friendship because they only wanted to play with each other all of the time. The school year was soon ending, and the countdown was beginning to start. Alicia was preparing herself for that dreadful day called Mother's Day. She tried numerous times to convince Miss Gonzalez to sit her next to Justin, but she declined. Justin was getting super anxious because he wanted to make his mother a very special card, with hearts, flowers, and even with a sweet-smelling fragrance from his new colorful markers, in which he thought about writing in all uppercase letters the words, Te amo a mi mamá. I love you, mom. What are you going to give your godmother? Justin asked Alicia. Well, Alicia just said, I just don't know because she's not my real mom. 
The countdown to the end of the year was fast approaching, and Miss Cruz, along with several other teachers, had decided to celebrate Mother's Day by having the kids create cards while learning the song De Colores. They would perform it for their parents for the end of the school year assembly. Miss Cruz reminded the class that Mrs. Gonzalez had to take an emergency leave to take care of her baby who just recently got ill. So she had to email her plans for the rest of the year and that her class was expected to perform the song De Colores as a special surprise for their moms as they greeted them with Mother's Day cards. Of course, when Alicia heard about this announcement, she refused to participate in this ceremony and was later sent to the school counselor. She just sat there weeping and totally refused to sit on the buddy bench. Mrs. Flores, our school's counselor, had a brief conference with her. She asked her why she did not want to participate in the upcoming school assembly. Alicia remained silent and motionless as Mrs. Flores speculated that the reason why she did not want to take part in the school function was due to religious reasons. Therefore, she was sent back to class and was excused from participating in any other future Mother's Day projects. In the spring of 2016, Mother's Day had finally arrived once again, and Miss Cruz motivated and encouraged her class to make Mother's Day cards for their mothers. The plan was for them to present their surprise project to their parents immediately after the performance. Miraculously, Alicia had a change of heart and told Miss Cruz that she would agree to participate in the rehearsal and performance of the song to the parents. Finally, Miss Cruz decided to ask Alicia why she did not like to make Mother's Day cards. In her trepidation, she screamed, yelled, and cried with much remorse the words, I just cannot tell you my secret because it will hurt my heart so much. Miss Cruz gently grabbed Alicia and hugged her with so much empathy and compassion and said, Honey, everything will be okay. Wait a moment while I call your mom. Miss Cruz started to call her adopted mother, but later changed her mind and soon realized that it would be a waste of time to interfere with her mom's religious beliefs. The week leading up to Mother's Day finally arrived, and Miss Cruz followed Mrs. Gonzalez's lesson plan, which engaged students in creating beautiful cards. The template and design consisted of pre-cut yellow and blue flower pots, and various flowers made from construction paper. Also, there were two special love poems that were placed on the front of these decorative cards. The label on one card read, Mommy, this flower pot is to say thank you for all the things you've done and wishes that the day will bring you happiness and fun. Another read, Mama, esta plantita de flores te dice, gracias por todo lo que haces por mí. Espero que el día de las madres te traiga felicidad y cosas divertidas.
When Alicia heard the other children express their love and affection to their moms, she began crying profusely, and once again she could not tell any teacher or school personnel her deep secret that stayed hidden in her heart. During her summer vacation, Alicia attended church with her godmother, and both of them decided to go this year on a long trip to a place called Timberlee in Wisconsin. Miss Runfio rented a cabin near a lake. This was a special lake because it was covered with beautiful flowers, trees, and there were some exotic-looking animals that they had never seen before. So they both lodged there and went fishing and hiking. That evening, Miss Runfio decided to tell her daughter a lovely bedtime story that would always make Alicia fall asleep. One of her favorite stories was called Angel's Wings. This story talked about how angels would earn their wings by helping people who were in dangerous situations. Miss Runfio would always start her story by saying, Once upon a time, but not a long time ago, there lived in a faraway beautiful kingdom the most beautiful angel who was ever created. He adored his king by playing lovely music and singing sweet songs that pleased the king. His wings were adorned with piped instruments, such as the harp, violin, trumpet, and flute. He was called the chief musician, and one day he lost his beauty and talents because he desired in his heart to be better than the king, therefore overthrowing his kingdom. Soon after, he and his cohorts were thrown out of the kingdom and were told by the king to never return again. That night, while Miss Runfio prepared to put Alicia to sleep, she decided to sing her a lullaby. Duermete, mi niña. After she put her to sleep with her soothing voice, she tucked her in the bed, and suddenly Alicia fell quickly asleep. She dreamt about seeing a celestial vision of an angel who wore a white robe with wings like an eagle. At first, she was somewhat curious and afraid, but mustered enough courage when the angel had summoned her by saying, Come with me, and let's go to a beautiful place called La Bellissima Ciudad, the most beautiful city. Immediately, within the twinkling of an eye, both of them flew away together to that glorious city with pearly gates and glimmering streets of gold. Alicia wondered why the city never got dark. So she asked the angel, and he replied that in the center of this great city there is an everlasting king who keeps the city lit both day and night with his power, glory, and grace. When Alicia heard this, she begged the angel to take her away to see the king, and so he granted her the petition and carried her away there to see him. For the first time in her life, she felt an awesome peace, joy, and love as she put absolute trust and faith in this angelic creature who had appeared so suddenly in her dreams. He was majestic and somewhat huge-looking in appearance, as he so gracefully and gently held me in his arms. 
before flying to the most beautiful city. She was given her own wings to soar through the rainbow clouds like a jet. The rainbow clouds reminded her of all the awesome and beautiful rainbow colors on Earth. Over there in the distance, she saw a pretty dark blue river that flowed underneath a golden bridge. Also, there were beautiful trees planted near the extremely dark blue and wavy long river that floated from one end of one tree to the other. It somehow stretched through a huge mountainside in the center of this awesome, magnificent, and splendorous city. The colors of the leaves were green, purple, yellow, and blue, which reminded her of the earthly lupines blossoming in the spring. They also too seemed to change colors from green to yellow, red to blue, and from purple to pink. Of course, this reminded Alicia of the gorgeous flamboyant trees that are only grown in such tropical places as Puerto Rico, Cuba, and the Caribbean islands. All the trees on the outskirts of this glorious city produced all kinds of passion fruits, such as mangoes, tamarindos, papayas, guavas, nectarinas, and many more. Upon entering the Golden Gate Bridge covered with twelve precious stones, there in the distance she saw another vision of all kinds of celestial people and creatures. Alicia saw the most beautiful castle made of gold. Its steeples and windows were shaped and designed like crosses from a giant cathedral. She heard melodious music, such as trumpets blowing, as thousands of people greeted and honored their king. He cheered and saluted them as he waved his golden scepter to greet them. He was the wise king, who sat on the right hand of his throne and ruled his people with much power and authority. The king was dressed in white and purple apparel, and he wore a gold crown with twelve precious stones. Over yonder in the distance she saw all kinds of angelic humans and strange creatures. The colorful rainbow with strange creatures reminded her of a poem that her mamita shared occasionally with her from time to time. The poem is called The Rainbow Bridge Poem. It was published as a public domain for anyone who loved animals, and for some unfortunate reason, their pets got sick and passed away. The angel told me that the Rainbow Bridge was created as a special place where pets would trot across and finally fade away into the horizon as they muttered their final farewells to their beloved ones. We got closer and closer to the brilliant light in the midst of the city. I soon realized that I could fly like the beautiful angel. Of course, I did not have the kind of wings he had, but I trusted him and felt an overwhelming joy in my heart that he was taking me to a very special place where there would be much joy, love, and peace. We finally arrived at our destination, which led to the entrance of the pearly gates, which somehow opened the door to the eternal city. 
the gates were automatically opened, and lo and behold, a miracle happened, and I could not believe my own eyes. There in the midst stood both my mommy and daddy. They greeted me with a great big hug and kiss and told me to never cry again on Mother's Day, but to cherish the sweet memories of us always in your heart. They told me to be strong and courageous to express my true feelings about what happens in life. I was so relieved of the burdens of hurt, depression, and fear. I keep on hugging and kissing them as I began to fade away in the distance. I could still hear them faintly whispering to me to always love the lady who was chosen by us to be your mom. Treat her with love and respect by showing her how much you love her. When Alicia heard these soothing and encouraging words, then she suddenly woke up from her dream and pondered in her heart whether this dream was a message from God, reassuring her that her parents were eternally safe and secure in an eternal place of hope, love, and joy. Now Alicia had the courage to face her fears and know that Miss Runfio was a gift from God as her real mother. Chapter 4 Fourth Grade Dual Language Alicia felt the exuberant joy and excitement as she began another year at Sator Sanchez Elementary School. Her new teacher was Mr. Anderson, and oh boy was he a barrel of fun! At the beginning of the year, he set very high expectations and standards for learning and behavior. The dual language program this year was a 50-50 model, which means that students would receive half of their core instructions in both Spanish and English language arts skills and concepts. Our classmates who were in the program last year informed us that there would be two co-teachers who would work closely together, and they would be responsible for dividing up our class into two groups. One of them would teach us in Spanish for half the day, while the other teacher would teach us in English for the other half. We would stay in school for seven hours, learning reading, math, science, and social studies. Thank God for gym, recess, art, music, and lunch, because we would have the liberty to speak in any language of our choice. In addition to this social studies and science, we would have laboratory to do hands-on experiments. Oh, how I enjoyed making lunar modules, rockets, and robots. Things changed so quickly from hands-on science to textbook-style learning. Justin told me that he missed the development of pollitos, chiclets, in kindergarten, and how he could remember the metamorphosis of the butterfly from un huevo, an egg, to a chrysalis, cocoon, and from a chrysalis to an oruga, worm, and finally into a big, beautiful monarch butterfly, who would be capable of traveling long distances to places such as Mexico and the Caribbean islands. Justin's favorite activity was when the butterflies would be stored in a butterfly container for several weeks. 
and from then on, he got to personally observe his butterfly transform from an ugly worm into the most beautiful butterfly ever. He was so sad when his teacher, Miss Cruz, told the class that all the butterflies had to be released into the air of nature, and that this would be the final cycle of all the butterflies, because they would eventually pass away and never return to nature again. Mr. Anderson kicked off the new year in room D13 by having his students recite his favorite proverb that read, Good, better, best will never let you rest until the good gets better and the better gets best. Alicia thought it would be a good idea to recite and translate Mr. Anderson's proverb into the Spanish language for a class, so she got permission to use the computer to Google it, and the Google translation from English to Spanish was translated as, Lo bueno, lo más bueno, lo mejor, Nunca te deje a descansar, hasta que lo bueno sea lo más bueno, y lo más bueno sea mejor. Alicia thought it was so cool to recite and memorize his proverb that she practiced it whenever her classmates would find it difficult to learn Spanish. She even recited and applied it while learning math, science, social studies, and in all areas of everyday life situations. Perhaps the most exciting thing that Mr. Anderson did for his fourth grade dual language students was to purchase Chromebooks computers for every student in his class. Alicia was astounded to have her own computer that enabled her to search the web for school-related Spanish books, games, and videos from Mayon, Britannica, ABC Yeah, and even YouTube. She now could create her own Google Slides from Google Classroom. Now, she and Justin had two more companions to play with and learn about the curriculum that Justin once found boring. Mr. Anderson was an African-American man who learned Spanish in the streets of Chicago when he was 16 years old. He worked at a country club in Northbrook as a dishwasher, and it was there where he first heard Spanish spoken by immigrants from Mexico. When he was a young lad, he learned Spanish in the ghetto in the streets of Chicago. In his junior year in high school, his Spanish teacher, Miss Rowe, entered him into a Spanish poetry contest, and he won first place. That was his passion that motivated and pulled him up by the bootstraps to become a Spanish teacher. Besides having the dream of one day becoming a nurse and professional artist, Alicia wanted to become a Spanish teacher just like her teacher, Mr. Anderson. This year, she became so confident and content that she even joked around with her teacher by asking him if he was going to take a maternity leave like Mrs. Gonzalez did last year. Of course, Mr. Anderson was flabbergasted and simply chuckled as though he did not understand her. He said, Did you know that men teachers can take what is called a paternity leave? Alicia nodded and said, how can men leave to take care of babies? As the year advanced, Mr. Anderson introduced and taught us how to add and multiply fractions, how to add and subtract fractions with unlike denominators. 
How to conjugate regular and irregular verbs in the present and past tenses. And last but not least, world history. I suppose the most difficult and challenging activity for me was daily interactive journal writing, because we were told that we could write about our feelings, thoughts, and ideas about any topic that we so desired. Mr. Anderson set very high expectations for journal writing. He informed us that he would collect our journals bi-weekly, and that he would never share our journals with anyone else unless there was an immediate danger to our safety. If we did not know what to write about, then we had to respond to the three types of bell questions. ¿Cómo te sientes? ¿Qué hiciste ayer? ¿Y qué va a hacer hoy? At first, Alicia was reluctant to share how she felt about school, but as she gained more confidence and trust in her teacher, she began little by little to share her deep thoughts and wondered how her teacher could really help her solve the mystery in her heart about the fact that both her parents had passed away many years ago. The question about how you feel today was the doorway for her to finally communicate with someone who she trusted and felt secure that he would not share her deep secret about why she would cry on Mother's Day, which was just a few months away. The next day at school, Alicia took out her journal and responded with boldness and courage to the question, How do you feel today? Alicia could not wait to tell him her deep secret in the 20 minutes allowed for journal writing. She kept thinking about the fact that there is always a silver lining in every dark cloud. The dream she had had over the summer did not disappear. Without further hesitation and doubt, she suddenly changed her mind and responded to the second question. What did you do yesterday? Alicia began to write these words in a short paragraph. Last summer, but not yesterday, I spent my summer vacation in a cottage with my godmother, Miss Runfio, and she sang to me the most beautiful and lovely lullaby. Then I fell asleep and dreamt that I was taken to the most beautiful place in the sky. I saw rainbow clouds, flamboyant trees, and a golden bridge that had dark blue waters that flowed like the water cycle. This city never got dark because the wise king kept it lit day and night as he waved his golden scepter. I heard thousands of people cheering and blowing trumpets in La Bellissima Ciudad. And finally, I saw both my parents, who greeted me with hugs and kisses. They told me to never cry on Mother's Day and to always love and respect Miss Runfio, who is now my real mom. The twenty minutes of journal writing flew by quickly, and Mr. Anderson collected our journals and reassured us that our personal diaries that would never be shared with anyone else except in extreme circumstances. Suddenly, Amy raised her hand, and Mr. Anderson called on her to respond. Amy replied, What do you mean by extreme circumstances? 
Well, Amy, by extreme circumstances, I am referring to the fact that there may come a time when one of you could feel the courage to share your journal thoughts with other kids that may be going through the same life experiences as yourself, and that your ideas, thoughts, and feelings could perhaps help them solve their problems. Oh, I understand, Mr. Anderson. It would be like bibliotherapy. Yes, Amy, you nailed it on the head. Mr. Anderson shook his maraca, which indicated journal writing was over, and it was time for science. And then, after science, we would have a bathroom break and eat snacks before going to lunch. During language arts, Mr. Anderson divided the class into three small groups. There was a phonics group, comprehension group, and finally an extension groups, while the rest of my peers were involved in the Daily Five. The Daily Five activity allowed kids to read to self, read to others in paired groups, listen to reading on CD, work on words, and work on writing. This special activity was quite unique because it allowed Mr. Anderson enough time to work with these groups, while the rest of us took on the responsibilities and tasks of working together at the various learning stations. Mr. Anderson got our attention quickly as he shook his maraca and said, Hands on top! And we all responded in unison, That means stop! with our hands placed on top of our heads. After having lunch, gym, art, music, or recess, we were ready to tackle math. The students in Mr. Anderson's class loved the character cash activity, which involved earning money by going the extra mile to do good in terms of behavior and academics. Also, they enjoyed going to the Gucci store to buy school supplies and toys. Kids in our class decided to either save or spend their cash. Mr. Anderson, who was the owner of the store, hired kids to be the manager, assistant manager, along with two cashiers. However, his students complained that the prices were outrageous. Going to the store every week was Alicia's favorite activity, especially since she got to be the manager of the store. She loved her teacher's kindness and compassion because he gave each and every student $5 of free money every Monday just because they were all there in school and just because he cared for and loved them as their teacher and loco parentis. They were all precious and special to him as though they were his own children. The next day, Alicia felt the courage to share her deepest feelings with Mr. Anderson during her 20 minutes of journal writing. She wrote, Dear Journal, I am sharing my deep secret with you. It was a long time ago, but not so long, that both my parents passed away in a horrific accident. After that, I went to live with my godmother, Miss Runfio. Mr. Anderson saw the look of anguish and despair on her face, and he prompted Alicia to step outside the classroom. There he consoled and comforted her by saying, Alicia, I am awfully sorry about what happened to your parents. Is there anyone at home who takes care of you? 
Yes, there is a lady from the church named Miss Runfeel. She loves me and takes care of me, but I always cry on Mother's Day because I miss them. Maybe I will see them again one day in the most beautiful city. Mr. Anderson encouraged Alicia to think about making a special Mother's Day card for her, because she is now your mom who takes care for you and loves you. She responded with a smile and replied, I never thought about that. Thanks, Mr. Anderson. Several months passed by, and the month of May rolled around once again. Alicia could not wait to make her mom a special Mother's Day card with colorful flowers. She felt a sense of joy and peace as she made a beautiful card for her mom, Miss Runfeel. Mr. Anderson was also content, because for the first time, Alicia never shed a tear. He had heard from several teachers how she would always cry during the Mother's Day celebration. However, this was a new year, and Alicia mustered the courage to honor her mom with words of admiration, respect, and love for a woman who loved and took care of her. She gave her card to her mom and said, Te amo, I love you, and Alicia never forgot the miraculous dream of one day seeing her parents once again forever in La Bellissima Ciudad, and as the story will never and as the story will ever be foretold, she lived happily ever after, and she never cried again on Mother's Day. She always cherished the memory and wisdom of her godmother, Miss Runfeel, who said to her, Tienes que hacer algo para embellecer el mundo. You must do something to make the world more beautiful. For such a time as this, in the year 2020, my best friend, Mr. Anderson, passed away. He was not only a teacher, but a dear companion, mentor, and prayer warrior in the Lord. I know that one day he will arrive to the most beautiful city, filled with glory and grace. Also, that year brought a great and awful pandemic virus known as the coronavirus. It has now caused 600,000 human beings to pass away. They left behind thousands of children, families, and friends. At this very hour, students all over the world have been told by their government and medical officials to stay home and not to go to school for in-person learning. However, many students are being mandated by their school districts to do the hybrid model, which allows for only half of their classmates to report to school in person two days a week, instead of the normal five days. Nevertheless, in my school, all students are mandated by our District 86 to educate all teachers in their homes as well as via Zoom. So far, it has been almost two years that I have not taught kids for in-person learning. Most students are now being instructed by their teachers on Zoom, which is an audio-visual camera system that allows students to engage in learning with their teachers and classmates. This advanced technology has allowed me to teach my fifth-grade bilingual dual-language students from home. I truly miss the social interactions and person-to-person -person learning with my kiddos. 
it has been almost two years that I have not been in a self-contained classroom with 20 to 25 students. Of course, there have been two vaccines discovered to this day with over a 90% efficacy rate. However, I put my ultimate trust in God. In closing, I, Walter Blair, want to extend my deepest prayers and condolences to all those who have lost a beloved one during this global pandemic. I thank and praise God for sustaining, strengthening, and keeping me in His divine health during my 40 years as a bilingual dual-language teacher. I look forward to one day when the Lord will send His angel to escort me to the most beautiful city. The Rainbow Bridge Reunion Poem Beyond the horizon is a place called the Rainbow Bridge. When your beloved pet that has been especially close to you and others passes away, he or she goes to the Rainbow Bridge. While our beloved pets play, have plenty of water, food, and sunshine, they run down the pathway of vigor. Our friends are quite comfortable there. Although they were once ill or old, but now are restored to health and the colorful rainbow. Just as we remember them in our dreams of many days gone by, our pets are happy, except for one small thing. They missed someone very special to them who had to be left behind. You both cling together with so much joy and love for this awesome reunion, never to be apart again. Your hearts warm with so much memories that you shared together. Then, you caress and hug his head with tender, loving care for this reunion. Then, you stare into each other's eyes with trust and happiness, and you say, You have been long gone from my life, my special friend, but never absent from my heart. Finally, both of you walk down the pathway on the Rainbow Bridge. Author Margarita Blair, 2016 Alicia's Top 10 Jokelopedia Jokes These 10 jokes were taken from the third edition of the Jokelopedia book, 2013. 1. Why did the bird make fun of everyone? It was a mockingbird. 2. Where did the pig go to recover from his fall? The hogspital. 3. What kind of books do skunks read? Best smellers. 4. What does the cow like to do on her day off? Go to the movies. 5. What's the easiest way to count a herd of cattle? Use a calculator. 6. What kind of horse makes you wake up scared? A nightmare. 7. Where did the baby calves go for lunch? The cafeteria. 8. What do rabbits sing to each other once a year? Happy birthday! 9. What do you call a cat who can bowl? An alley cat. 10. What did the cat get on the test? A perfect score.
Chapter 5 A Homecoming for Bridget Blair This manuscript is rededicated as a memorial to my beloved daughter. Bridget Camilla Blair was born on sunrise on November 1st, 1977. Miss Bridget Blair will be remembered for a number of things that made the world a better place for her and others. She loved creating songs, poems, singing in several church choirs, playing musical instruments, serving and helping others, and acknowledging God as her personal Lord and Savior. My daughter passed away at sunset at the tender age of 41. She was succumbed to breast cancer. However, the Lord allowed her to escape the unbearable pain and suffering of this deadly disease. I thank and praise God that she is in a better place, where the King of Glory reigns and rules. As I conclude this manuscript, I will always miss her and have a special love for my eldest daughter. Perhaps one day I will see her again in the most beautiful city, filled with glory and grace. My fondest memory of her was when she was about seven years old. How could I forget telling her to take care of Daddy's high school ring that she wanted to wear on her finger? Well, to make a long story short, when Giggles returned to our apartment located in University Park, she somehow lost it. Of course I was a little disappointed in her lack of responsibility, but I hid this memory deep within my heart, because it was so ironic and funny how I trusted my seven-year-old child to take care of something that was really invaluable to me. I will always love and cherish the unforgettable memories that we both shared together. My daughter had a very close relationship with her grandparents, Benny Lee and Elvira Blair. How could I forget the numerous conversations that I had with her about spiritual matters, such as going to church and living a righteous life as a believer? God had blessed her with a gifted voice in which she used to create beautiful psalms and songs for him. Brigette sang in several churches. She had an impeccable desire towards the end of her life to serve the Lord faithfully in his righteousness. When I first met Alicia over two decades ago, I had asked her a provocative question in a private conference outside my classroom. Who takes care of you, and is there anyone that is like a mother to you? Her reply was simply, my godmother from the church. This question and response from her was like opening a can of worms, because with all confidentiality and trust, she told me that her parents had passed away in a tragic accident. Well, I promised to keep it a secret, and encouraged her to make a Mother's Day card for her madrina, godmother. As her fourth and fifth grade bilingual teacher, I never forgot Alicia, and before the publication of La Bellissima Ciudad, I searched the internet and Facebook to try to locate her, but to no avail I could not find her. So in order to faithfully and legitimately keep her in remembrance, I created a realistic fiction genre to share her story. Little did I know that her story that was told decades ago connected so much to my own personal life events. 
Therefore, I am indebted, and I do eternally thank her for sharing her story in this extreme circumstance that can be a blessing to other children like her. As I culminate her life story, I have made several connections to my own life and that of my granddaughter's life. I see myself as a reflection of Miss Runfio, who did everything she could to make the world a better place by traveling around the world and planting lupine seeds. She was kind, talented, adventurous, and vivacious. Miss Runfio loved being Alicia's godmother, and her love was magnified when she adopted her. As a minister, I have been called by God to plant seeds of hope, love, faith, and joy everywhere I go in life. Sharing the good news about believing in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is God's purpose and plan for all those who believe in their King. We can all plant and water seeds, but He will give the increase. On the flip side of the coin, Alicia reminds me so much of my granddaughter, Anaya, who emotionally misses and yearns to see her mother again. She, too, dreams of one day seeing her mommy in the most beautiful city. Anaya knows that I am her grandfather, but refers to me as her mommy's daddy. Like many children who go to school here in the U.S., she will experience her moments of sadness and grief on Mother's Day. Just as I had my students make Mother's Day cards for their moms, caretakers, and guardians, I hope and pray by that time she has someone in her life that reminds her of her mom. Of course, now she has my mom, great-grandmother Elvira Blair, who she adores and just recently made her a special card with a great big heart. The heart symbolizes her love for her since she has a difficult time expressing her affections in words. It almost broke my heart when my mom told me that Anaya told her, I don't have a mom, but I have you. And she also has her great-grandfather, Benny Lee Blair, and her dad, Fred Smith, who loves her dearly. And last but not least, she has me and my wife, Margarita, who will do all we can to make this world a better place for her. Bridget Camilla Blair leaves to cherish her two loving daughters, Amanda and Anaya, her two siblings, Joshua and Jonathan Blair, sister Rebecca, and a host of uncles, aunts, cousins, in-laws, and friends from the Blair and Kilpatrick families. I would be remised if I did not mention her fiancé Fred Smith, who had one day desired to marry her. Perhaps the greatest loss will be her four-year-old daughter Anaya, who presently does not quite understand her mother's sudden passing. You see, my granddaughter reminds me of Alicia when she wakes up crying from a horrible dream and says, I miss my mommy. The only words of comfort, consolation, and love that my family can encourage and reassure her with are your mommy is in heaven with God. I believe that my role as a grandfather is to spend more time caring, loving, and teaching her about the importance of doing things in life to make the world a better place.
I hope and pray that whenever Mother's Day comes around in school for Anaya, that her social-emotional needs will be met by a caring staff of teachers who will be able to provide social and enrichment activities such as games, journal writing, and bibliotherapy books, which can minimize the grief and loss of a loved one. Through the years as an elementary school teacher, I have oftentimes wondered in my heart about students such as my granddaughter and Alicia, who have transitioned from one grade to the next with the absence of a biological parent to lead and guide them through life's journey. Hopefully there are a lot of Miss Runfios in their lives, who would act as their caretakers, guardians, godparents, or perhaps even adopt them. I, as the author of this book, would be remiss if I did not share with you, as an audience of readers, my story of how I adopted my baby girl from birth, named Hannah. You see, her birth mom did not want her because she was biracial. So I wanted her, cared for her, and loved her as much as my own four biological children. I see myself very much as a mirror image of the character Miss Runfio, who adopted, cared for, and loved Alicia. She and I did something spectacular and amazing in this realistic fiction. With the grace and love of God, we did something awesomely important to make the world a better place. The abstract concept of heaven is very difficult for young children to understand. However, Alicia somehow brought it to life when she dreamt of a faraway place and described it as the most beautiful city filled with glory, love, and grace. The streets were made of gold, a tree of everlasting life, and a river that flowed eternally from one end of the city to an endless horizon. She was flabbergasted with an overwhelming sense of joy and ecstasy that the Bellissima City, the most beautiful city, was lit from sunrise to sunset. There was a king who ruled his nation of people with love, joy, and peace. The people never got sick, nor did they die. They praised, adored, and worshipped their king because he gave eternal life. Their new bodies resembled celestial angels who could fly like the speed of light, traveling from one city to the other. I believe that there is a yearning and hope in the hearts of every believer to one day see their beloved ones, who have departed from this earth to the most beautiful city, full of glory and grace. In this place there is no more pain, weeping sickness, suffering, sorrow, and death, because people will live forever with their king. Walter Blair, 2020 The following poem is an excerpt and a public domain from my daughter's obituary. It is titled, I'm Free. Don't grieve me, for now I'm free. I'm following the path God laid for me. I took his hand when I heard his call. I turned my back and left it all. I could not stay another day, to laugh, to love, to work, to play. Tasks left undone must stay that way. I've found that peace at the close of day. If my parting has left a void, 
then fill it with remembered joy. A friendship shared, a laugh, a kiss. Ah, yes, things I too will miss. Be not burdened with times of sorrow. I wish you the sunshine of tomorrow. My life's been full, I savored much. Good friends, good times, a loved one's touch. Perhaps my time seemed all too brief. Don't lengthen it now with undue grief. Lift up your heart and share with me. God wanted me now, he set me free. In honor of my mother-in-law, Alejandrina Cruz Mercado, my dear spouse Marg, who played the role of Miss Cruz, has dedicated the following poem in memory of her mom. It also is a public domain. God saw that she was getting tired, a cure was not to be, so he put his arms around her and whispered, Come with me. With tearful eyes we watched her suffer and saw her fade away. Although we loved her dearly, we could not make her stay. A golden heart stopped beating, hard-working hands to rest. God broke our hearts, he only takes the best. My loving mother was a strong, wise, and patient woman. We will miss her more than words can say. We love you. The song I'll Fly Away is an inspirational song that brings joy and hope to my heart. It ties in very well to the theme of my book. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away, I'll fly. To a home on God's celestial shore, I'll fly away, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, I'll fly away, O glory, I'll fly away, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away, I'll fly away. When the shadows of this life have grown, I'll fly away, I'll fly away. Like a bird from prison bars has flown, I'll fly away, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, I'll fly away, O oh glory, I'll fly away, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away, I'll fly away. Just a few more weary days, and then I'll fly, I'll fly away. To a land where joy shall never end, I'll fly away, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, O oh glory, I'll fly away, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away, I'll fly away. Many years ago, but not so long ago, there was a televised interview recorded by the host Larry King and the Reverend Billy Graham. Mr. King was interviewing him about his most recent published book entitled Facing Death and the Life After. When Mr. King asked him the question, do you feel the presence of God and do you fear death? Billy Graham uttered this profound statement. I believe at the moment of death there will be an angel that will take me by the hand and usher me into the presence of the Lord, and it will be the most peaceful, the most wonderful, and the most thrilling moment that I will ever experience. I too believe in this quote by Billy Graham. I once had an awesome dream that an angel appeared to me and ushered me into the presence and arms of a loving Lord, Savior, and King. 
I believe, as the Apostle said in 2 Corinthians 5, 6-8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. This means that when it is time for me to pass away from this earthen vessel, my soul and spirit will be ushered into the most beautiful city, heaven. Before I conclude this manuscript, I want to extend my deepest sympathy and condolences to Cynthia, the mother of my great-nephew, Javion D. Blair, who passed away at the tender age of six months, King of Glory. He was the grandson of his beloved grandparents, Travis and Winoa Blair. At his memorial service, the priest stated that he was a baby saint who had a guardian angel. I believe that his soul will rest eternally in the most beautiful city with the King of Glory. Javion made his transition from this world to La Bellissima Ciudad, very much like my daughter Kelly, who passed away many years ago when I was a college student, living in Bloomington, Illinois. She was only four months of age. I leave you as the readers a special farewell letter in loving memory of Javion Blair, and also to my baby daughter Kelly Blair. I never forgot you, and I will always love you. A Letter from Heaven When tomorrow starts without me, and I'm not here to see, if the sun should rise and find your eyes filled with tears for me, I wish so much you wouldn't cry the way you did today, while thinking of many things we didn't get to say. I know how much you love me as much as I love you, and each time you think of me, I know you'll miss me too. My final thoughts, reflections, and sentiments in this year of 2020, which marks the year of the great pandemic, is to offer my deepest condolences, sympathy, and prayers to all the families and friends, and to all those who have lost their beloved ones. May the souls of all believers in the King of Glory rest in eternal peace in the most beautiful city. As an epitaph and memorial, I want to extend my deepest sympathy and condolences to the family and friends of the passing of Elder Limmy Anderson, who was my best friend and companion in the Lord. He was a faithful and wise servant, who prayed for the physical and spiritual needs of others. I will always cherish our fellowship, friendship, respect, and brotherly love for one another. Also, he leaves behind his lovely wife, Diane. She is an awesome sister in the Lord. Whenever you would see Mr. Anderson, you would see his lovely wife glued to his side. I would be remised if I did not mention the passing of my sweet, loving, and kind Aunt Lillian. She was the aunt that I visited most in my youth. How could I forget how she fed and took care of me when I used to beg and plead with my mom to let me spend the weekends at her house while my cousin Greg and I played hockey, softball, and hardball? My dear sweet Aunt Lillian leaves behind two sisters now, Aunt Alice and my mom, Elvira Blair, and a host of other relatives. God has been so good and merciful to bless and protect my immediate family from the coronavirus.
I thank and praise the King of Glory for divinely protecting my mom and dad, who are now in their middle eighties, against this deadly, horrible disease. Also, I am thankful that my siblings Benny, Alice, Tyrone, James, Ronald, and Travis are all doing well. My children Joshua, Jonathan, Hannah, and my grandchildren Amanda and Anaya are all blessed also. We can all emulate Miss Runfio, who inspired us all with a very important message. You must do something to make the world a better and more beautiful place to live. A Letter of Appreciation Dear Readers, I, Walter Blair, would like to take some time to thank you for reading The Most Beautiful City for a time such as this. We, as a human race, must pray for one another. We must be in fervent prayer for peace, forgiveness, and unconditional love. Also, we must obey the laws of this nation regarding the global pandemic. Our next president, who will be inaugurated on January 20th, 2021, will be President Joe Biden. He and Vice President Kamala Harris will be sworn in on this day. We, as citizens of the United States, must take all precautions to stay safe and healthy from this deadly virus. I am asking boys and girls and women and men to wear masks, wash hands thoroughly and frequently, and to remain at a safe distance when you are in public around others, until most of us have reached herd immunity from this fiery, invisible, dangerous, and deadly serpent that attacks our immune and respiratory systems. We must all be willing and determined to make this world a better place to live. Finally, I want to personally thank the whole Workbook Press production team, along with its designer, Cliff Gurea, who enhanced the front cover with creative designs, and finally special kudos to a five-year-old girl by the name of Madison for making my dream come true. I believe that we can all emulate and pattern our lives around the fictional character Miss Runfio, who planted lupine seeds of love, joy, hope, faith, kindness, and peace wherever she traveled around the world. May God bless and protect you all against the dangers, seen and unseen. Sincerely, Walter A. Blair, 2021 about the book. The tragedy unfolds when both of Alicia's parents passed away in a horrible accident. However, Alicia survives and later is adopted by her godmother from the church. Alicia's godmother enrolls her in a dual-language program in New York City. She does well academically, but struggles with deep emotional feelings of hurt and despair when Mother's Day is celebrated towards the end of every school year. She sobs and is adamant about participating in any Mother's Day activities. One summer evening, when she was on vacation with Miss Runfio, she falls asleep and dreams about being taken to a faraway place called the Most Beautiful City. There, she meets the king, who grants her a petition to see and be with her parents once again. 
Alicia is told by them to respect, love, and honor Miss Runfio, who is now her mother. Alicia's fourth-grade bilingual teacher, Mr. Anderson, introduces journal writing as a strategy to help express her social-emotional needs and to reveal the truth about a hidden secret that she has kept for years. Finally, Alicia is motivated and encouraged by Mr. Anderson to finally make a Mother's Day card for Miss Runfio with colorful flowers and a lovely poem for her in order to express her love and appreciation for having a wonderful mom, and she lived happily ever after and never cried again on Mother's Day. About the Author Walter has been an elementary and secondary bilingual-slash-Spanish teacher for over 30 years for the Chicago Public School District 299, Evergreen Park School District 124, and Owego School District 308. He holds a Bachelor of Science degree in elementary-slash-secondary Spanish education from Illinois State University. He has also earned two Masters of Science and Arts degrees in bilingual education and in school leadership with a Type 75 administrative certificate. He is the author of three published books from the Author House Publishing Company, Between Two Worlds, 2005, Trust No Man, 2011, and La Bellissima Ciudad, 2017-21. During the 2016-2017 to school year, he had the unique and fortunate opportunity to teach in a first-grade dual-language program at Hunt Club Elementary. After reading one of his Spanish first-grade anchor texts entitled La Señorita Runfio for the new ReadyGen series, he felt inspired to write his own first children's book. Walter has always felt the passion to write whenever he was motivated and encouraged to tell a story in unusual and extreme circumstances. During his entire teaching career, he has used the strategy of daily interactive journal writing as an effective learning tool to meet the social-emotional needs of all learners that he has taught. He currently teaches as a fifth-grade bilingual teacher at Sator Sanchez Elementary School in District 86 in Joliet, Illinois. During times of leisure and pleasure, he enjoys traveling with his wife Marge on getaways, watching Chicago Cubs and Bears sport teams, conducting seminars and workshops, attending church and Bible study, and last but not least, sharing the gospel as an active minister of the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World. He is a huge believer and doer of an old proverb which says, Good, better, best will never let you rest until the good gets better and the better gets best. Practice makes us all better. Treat others the way you would like to be treated. The Importance of Mother's Day in the Story Mother's Day in the United States is held annually on the second Sunday of May. It celebrates motherhood. It is a time to appreciate and honor mothers and motherhead figures. 
However, in the case and circumstance of Miss Runfio, who for a few years did not receive a Mother's Day card from her goddaughter Alicia, the tragedy of losing both her parents left an emotional scar when Alicia kept it as a secret, and therefore did not participate in any Mother's Day school activities. However, her best friend Justin, who was a trusting and caring classmate, kept her secret confidential. Miss Runfio was absolutely unaware that her goddaughter was experiencing the emotional pain and hurt that she once experienced in school. In the real story of Miss Rumphius, I was left with many unanswered questions. Did she ever get married and have children of her own? What really ever happened to her parents? Although this was some Although this was one of our anchor fictional texts, I felt the desire and need to recreate a story that answered these questions. In addition, I wanted to narrate this text by adding more details, character dialogues, settings, plots, conflicts, and resolutions. The loving and caring relationship between Alicia and her mamita on Mother's Day and every day thereafter will always be the central message of this book. Final Reflections These are my final reflections and thoughts. Oh, I could never forget the recent passing of one of the most memorable individuals of my youth. His name is Willie Martin Watson, and he passed away this January of 2021. He was very much like Miss Runfio, in that he gave my best friend Charles and I our first full-time jobs. Charles, who was his youngest brother, told me that his brother Willie had a gig for us to earn money that would financially help ourselves, our parents, and to eventually save for college. In retrospect, Willie was a father figure who took on the responsibility of driving us every weekend and during the summer months as we resided and worked at a place called Green Acres Country Club in Northbrook, Illinois, where we both worked as busboys to wash dishes and prepare food for the golf club members. This is where my first immersion experience began, as I learned to speak and learn Spanish as a second language. As a result of this awesome experience, I went on to become a Spanish-slash-bilingual teacher for 40 years with a bachelor and two master's degrees in the field of education. I never got the chance to personally thank Willie, but somehow I knew that he was very proud of me. You see, Willie was a kind, responsible, and talented head chef who everyone around him respected and admired. He passed away at the age of 78, and I hope and pray by God's grace, mercy, and love that he will someday arrive in the most beautiful city. It would be very remiss of me not to mention another best friend that Charles and I have befriended for over 45 years. His name is Alfonso Haynes, and he also was a barrel of fun. In fact, in a recent phone conversation between the three of us, he mentioned that it was our academic achievements while we were in high school that inspired him to achieve academic success in life. Wow, we were both flabbergasted. 
It is awesome to know that the three of us became believers in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We as human beings can always do something to make this world a better and more beautiful place to live. As of March 17, 2021, nearly 600,000 people in the United States have passed away as a result of the deadly coronavirus. In fact, millions of human beings have lost parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters, and a host of relatives and friends to COVID-19. In these perilous times, I am reflecting on the memories of several recent relatives who perhaps succumbed to the strain of coronavirus due to their terminal illnesses. My dear Uncle Anthony and his eldest son, Little Anthony, who both passed away a few years ago. However, miraculously, God has allowed for medical doctors, scientists, and researchers to develop three major vaccines, the Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson vaccines, that are safe and provide an efficacy rate of 85-95%. to 95%. There is always a silver lining in every dark cloud. Perhaps the essential question now... When will we reach herd immunity or normality? Of course, that depends on how consistent we are as a nation in following and obeying CDC guidelines, which involve wearing masks, socially distancing ourselves, and washing our hands. For the first time in about a year, I got a chance to spend two days with my fifth grade bilingual students in person to administer the Access Standardized Test. It was a special blessing in disguise to see real children from head to toes. They were excited to be back in school full-time for two days. This was a sense of normality for me as well as them. The district has mandated for all students, faculty, and staff to return back to school in the summer of 2021. We as educators must be flexible and willing to go the extra mile if we are ever to acquire normality. Chapter 6 Diary of a 5th Grade School Teacher August through September 2021 Do you know what happened shortly after the great pandemic COVID-19 and the so-called coronavirus? First and foremost, students all over the United States had to return to school for in-person learning. President Joe Biden became our new president, determined to eradicate this deadly virus by mandating everyone to take two doses of the Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson & Johnson vaccines. For such a time as this, I will be writing this personal narrative. Today is Wednesday, October 13th, 2021. My name is Maestro Blair, and I am Alicia's fifth grade dual language teacher at Sator Sanchez Elementary School in New York City. My class is a dual language classroom with 23 children from diverse ethnic backgrounds. There is a melting pot of Asian, African American, Polish, Mexican, and Chinese kiddos from all over the world. 
This year will be quite challenging because students must continue to wear their mask, wash their hands, and socially distance themselves at least three feet from each other. I too must set a great example of how to be safe in school at all times. Furthermore, we have a new dual language curriculum called My View, which is awesome, but my students have lost two years of in class instruction. My View, or Mi Vision, is a multilingual program filled with online resources. To help our learners to become truly bilingual, bicultural, biliterate, and bicognitive. This year, I have the pleasure of being the teacher of two wonderful students, Alicia and Justin, who have been best friends since second grade. Before I could actually begin teaching the new academic curriculum, it is so important to do all that you can as a teacher to somehow tap into the social emotional needs of all learners. My kiddos are learning new strategies such as how to identify first and third person point of view, how to use context clues to figure out the meaning of unfamiliar words, how to identify text features like headings, captions, photographs, sidebars, and of course, the most challenging skills for most of them is to provide text evidence for all types of questions. I always tell them that the proof is in the pudding. Also, students must learn to infer the meaning of unfamiliar words by using context clues and inferring the meaning of text whenever the specific information is not given. In other words, they must demonstrate higher order thinking skills. Just like Mr. Anderson, who was Alicia's fourth grade dual language teacher, that passed away during the 2019 pandemic. I wanted to continue to utilize journal writing as an effective learning tool to help my students write about their social-emotional needs. They write about three questions. How do they feel? What happened yesterday? And what do they plan to do for the weekend? I collect them every two weeks and respond back to them with positive comments on sticky notes. I truly miss my best colleague and mentor, who taught me how to be a successful teacher. He was genial, kind, trustworthy, and respectful. When I was his student teacher, he taught me how to engage my students in all kinds of learning activities. Shortly after students returned to in-person learning after almost two years of being confined to remote learning in their homes, I immediately created a bulletin board to welcome them back to school. My major theme to attract their attention was entitled, You Must Do Something to Make the World a Better Place. The translation to Spanish is, Tienes que hacer algo para mejorar el mundo. Each student was given his or her own artifact of an entire world to take care of and be responsible for. October through November 2021 On the day of registration, Miss Runfield brought Alicia to Sanchez to meet her new fifth-grade dual-language teacher, Maestro Blair. Of course, Alicia was nervous, timid, and anxious to meet her new teacher and classmates. The first day of school would start shortly after only one day of open house.
when parents would bring their children to briefly meet their teachers and drop off their school supplies. Alicia asked her madrina many questions about how her last year would be like at Sanchez. Will I meet new friends? Mom, do you think kids will tease me again on Mother's Day? Where are we going to travel this year? My dear sweet girl, we will always do something to make the world a better place, candidly replied Miss Runfio. The first day of school began, and Maestro Blair explained to his class of 23 dual-language students the goals and high expectations for learning using the new bilingual pilot program called MyView. In addition, he reviewed CHAMPS, Conversation, Help, Activity, Movement, Participation, that all led to success. He also reviewed classroom rules and procedures, and the schedule for art, music, library, and P.E. This year, we are expected to learn English language arts and be taught math, science, and social studies in the Spanish language. Wow, what a curriculum! Alicia was so happy to see her best friend Justin in her class again. Hey, Justin! Did I ever tell you about the dream I had in Mr. Anderson's class last year? Justin angrily replied to Alicia, I don't want to ever hear about your silly dream, and by the way, why did you snitch on me and tell my friends that I had a dog named Rover that passed away, so I don't want to be friends with you anymore? When Alicia heard these untruthful words, she was painstakingly upset and began to cry. That's not true, Justin. I never told your secret, replied Alicia. The relationship between Alicia and Justin grew further and further apart, and they argued just like the fictional characters Hercules and Socrates in a book called Numero Uno that we read at the beginning of this year. The moral of that lesson was quite evident. Whenever two people argue about their strength and intelligence, nothing ever gets accomplished. It took the village people to finally come together to build the bridge. Can you imagine a class where two students cannot come together and practice kindness, respect, and empathy for each other? Well, that year brought on a particular challenge for me, as their new fifth-grade dual-language teacher. I had to devise a plan to create a positive school environment that consists of peace, harmony, respect, and compassion for all of my kiddos. Last year, I remembered Mr. Anderson, who shared a book with me one day entitled, Have You Filled a Bucket Today? It was a daily guide to encourage and inspire students to be happy, positive, and respectful to each other at all times. It was written by Carol McLeod and creatively illustrated by David Messing. My goal this year in creating an atmosphere of respect, peace, and mutual harmony was to do a whole group shared reading activity and afterwards buy colorful buckets with stickers and miniature sticky ornaments so that my students can think about and share positive comments and remarks. The day finally arrived, and as usual, Alicia and Justin were verbally arguing and both crying about the distrust of Alicia, 
who somehow told a few students just in secret. So I could not take it anymore, and decided to have a personal conference with both of them behind the Iron Curtain, while the other students were told to do independent work on Myon and Freckle. As I listened to both of them share their feelings about each other, Justin told Alicia, I did not snitch on you by telling your secret that your mother passed away. Suddenly, I had an insight to solve their problem. Why don't you both create personal narratives about your experiences, thoughts, and feelings about losing someone that you missed and loved so much? Finally, they both apologized and agreed to become best friends again and write their personal narratives. That morning, I received an important note from Justin's mom that his little sister named Maria, who had recently enrolled in kindergarten at Sanchez this year, somehow told a few of my fifth graders that her dog named Rover had passed away a few years ago. When Justin heard this, he hugged and thanked Alicia for being a true friend. I felt a sense of joy, ecstasy, and exuberance when Alicia and Justin became best friends again. Thank you, Jesus. I grabbed my maraca and shook it several times to get my students' attention. In order to read, have you filled a bucket today? The invisible bucket in the hearts and minds of Alicia and Justin were just filled today, said Maestro Blair. All of my students listened actively and with anticipation and enthusiasm as I began to read the entire text to them. McLeod, pages 4 through 31. December through January 2021. All day long, everyone in the whole wide world walks around carrying an invisible bucket. You can't see it, but it's there. You have a bucket. Each member of your family has a bucket. Your grandparents, friends, and neighbors all have buckets. Everyone carries an invisible bucket. Your bucket has one purpose only. Its purpose is to hold your good thoughts and good feelings about yourself. You feel happy and good when your bucket is full, and you feel sad and lonely when your bucket is empty. Other people feel the same way. They're happy when their buckets are full and sad when their buckets are empty. It's great to have a full bucket, and that is how it works. Other people can fill your bucket and you can fill theirs. You can fill your own bucket too. So how do you fill a bucket? You fill a bucket when you show love to someone, when you say or do something kind, or even when you give someone a smile. That's being a bucket filler. A bucket filler is a loving, caring person who says and does nice things to make others feel special. When you treat others with kindness and respect, you fill their bucket. But you can also dip into a bucket and take out some good feelings. You dip into a bucket when you make fun of someone, when you say or do mean things, or even when you ignore someone. That's a bucket dipping. Bullying is bucket dipping. When you hurt others, you dip into their bucket. You will dip into your own bucket, too. Many people who dip have an empty bucket. They may think they can fill their own bucket by dipping into someone else's. But that will never work. 
You never fill your own bucket when you dip into someone else's. But guess what? When you fill someone's bucket, you fill your own bucket too. You feel good when you help others feel good. All day long, we are either filling up or dipping into each other's buckets by what we say and what we do. Try to fill a bucket and see what happens. You love your mom and dad. Why not tell them you love them? You can even tell them why. Your caring words will fill their buckets with joy. Watch for smiles to light up their faces. You will feel like smiling too. A smile is a good clue that you have filled a bucket. If you practice, you'll become a great bucket filler. Just remember that everyone carries an invisible bucket and think of what you can say or do to fill it. Here are some ideas for you. You could smile and say hi to the bus driver. He has a bucket too. You could invite the new kid to school to play with you. You could write a thank you note to the teacher. You could tell your grandpa that you like spending time with him. There are many ways to fill a bucket. Bucket filling is fun and easy to do. It doesn't matter how young or old you are. It doesn't cost money. It doesn't take much time. And remember, when you fill someone else's bucket, you fill your own bucket too. When you're a bucket filler, you make your home, your school, and your neighborhood better places for all. Bucket filling makes everyone feel good. So why not decide to be a bucket filler today and every day? Just start each day by saying to yourself, I'm going to do something to fill someone's bucket today. And at the end of each day, ask yourself, did I fill a bucket today? Yes, I did. That's the life of a bucket filler, and that's you. Shortly after reading this awesome book, everyone applauded and were moved with compassion to do something to make the world a better place. I came up with a marvelous idea to buy colorful metal buckets for all of my students to decorate and write positive comments to each other every day until the end of the school year. Also, I informed the class about a great incentive to get them all to work as a team. I chose an outstanding classmate by the name of Aneli Gutierrez to be the group leader, who would be the one to add and take away magnetic letters to Falcons Like to Party. The reason why I chose her to be the group leader was because she was very responsible, respectful, and kind. She was the only one to bring me a legitimate note from home about why she could not do her homework. When I received it, I felt such joy and happiness in my heart that she cared so much to have her mom write me such a personal note. This was really the first time in many years that I had ever received something so dear and touching from a parent. That day, she filled my bucket, and I was overwhelmed with joy as I smiled cheerfully underneath my mask. Finally, I thanked her for making Alicia's bucket.
The Fill My Bucket project would serve as a great motivator and encouragement for all students to participate in to give positive feedback and reinforcement to their classmates, family, and friends because it allowed others to demonstrate compassion, empathy, and care for those who were sad, worried, and depressed at home, school, and in their community. Later on, Alicia and Justin volunteered to share their own personal narratives about the loss of a beloved one. Their courage and motivation caused the rest of their classmates to step up to the plate and write positive comments for everyone in our class. This year was approaching a rapid close. The English language arts standards for a new curriculum focused on figurative language used in poetry. Students had to identify and use similes, metaphors, idioms, alliteration, hyperboles, and onomatopoeia in different genres. Our math unit required students to add and subtract decimals, multiply multi-digit numbers, and our social studies unit discussed the lack of water in third world countries. Of course, our science unit focused on energy, space, and the interaction of matter. All of the content areas of science, social studies, and math had to be taught in Spanish language according to this year's allocation plan. February 14th will be Valentine's Day, and the kiddos just could not wait to fill their buckets with candy hearts and positive notes. Alicia was especially excited to get to know her classmates in room D13, who never teased her, bullied her, nor called her a crybaby. So far, Justin was her only friend, and she desperately wanted the opportunity for the first time since she was in second grade to make new friends. I wondered who my new friends would be, and how could I muster enough courage to tell them about my parents who passed away when I was little, pondered Alicia. Oh wow, I got it! Why don't I share my personal narrative with them about how I had a celestial dream in my supernatural adventure to the most beautiful city? Alicia continued to ponder the thought about sharing her secret to the entire class as she wandered home that day. On her way home from school, she muttered to herself these words, I wonder what my madrina would say to me when I tell her that I want to tell my classmates in a personal narrative what happened to me that evening at the cabin in the woods near the deep, dark blue lake at Timberley in Wisconsin. When Alicia arrived home from school, Miss Runfeel greeted her with a big hug and kiss. Meanwhile, she decided to make Alicia's favorite meal, which consisted of tacos de carne asada, papitas, and pozole. She even made her favorite drink called horchata. When they both sat down to eat supper, Alicia asked her mamita this hypothetical question. If you were me, mamita, and you had a secret to share with others, what would you do? Well, Alicia, do you know that one day the deep secrets that we keep hidden in our hearts will one day be revealed? Why not release them now so that you can be as free as the birds that fly? Because they have no worries about what they will eat from day to day. In other words, mi hijita, if you keep a deep secret in your heart, it will begin to worry you and make you angry. 
we must always be willing to confess our faults to each other and hope that others will forgive us. When Alicia heard these encouraging words, she thanked her and told her that she loved her. April through May 2021 Maestro Blair informed his students that the end of the year was quickly coming to an end, and he wanted to culminate the year by engaging his students in the ABC Countdown and the Have You Filled a Bucket Today project and a Mother's Day celebration that will take place before his students will all graduate and all later move on to junior high. In the month of April, Maestro Blair chose Alicia and Justin to share their personal narratives on Google Slides from Google Classroom. Alicia remembered the wisdom that Miss Runfio shared with her about the birds being free. Because they had no worries about what they eat and where they will fly, she told Maestro Blair that she would be ready to give her monologue in class tomorrow. He said, Tomorrow will be the day that I will call upon you to give the greatest speech of your life. It will take courage, determination, and confidence to reveal the secret that you have been hiding in your heart for years. The next day was April 15, 2021, and her classmates were all excited to hear Alicia's personal narrative. Maestro Blair got their attention as usual with his maraca and called upon Alicia to give her oral presentation. As she walked quickly to the front of the classroom, she remembered the encouraging and wise words of her madrina. She felt confident, determined, and courageous for the first time in her life. Alicia began her oratory with a rhetorical question. She said, Have you ever been to the most beautiful city? Well, I have. Once upon a time, but not so long ago, my madrina drove me to a faraway place to a cabin in the woods, where there was a deep, dark blue lake in a place called Timberlee in Wisconsin. That evening when we arrived, we ate supper and she put me to sleep when she decided to sing me a lullaby called Duermete mi niña. After my mom put me to sleep with her soothing words, she tucked me in the bedroom, and suddenly I had a dream about seeing a celestial vision of an angel with white raiment and wings. At first I was somewhat curious and afraid, but I mustered enough courage when the angel had summoned me by saying, Let's go to a beautiful place called La Bellissima Ciudad, the most beautiful city. Immediately, within the twinkling of an eye, both of us flew together to that glorious place with pearly gates and glimmering streets of gold. I wondered why the city never got dark, so I asked the angel, and he replied that in the center of this great city there is an everlasting king, who keeps the city lit both day and night with his power, glory, and grace. When I heard this, I begged the angel to take me to see the king, and so he did and granted me my request. We both flew away there to see him. Before flying to that beautiful city, I was given wings to soar through the rainbow clouds. These clouds reminded me of all the awesome and beautiful rainbow colors on earth. 
There in the distance she saw a pretty dark blue river that flowed underneath a golden bridge. Also, there were beautiful trees planted near the extremely long river that stretched and flowed along a huge mountainside into the center of this awesome, magnificent, and splendorous city. The color of the leaves were green, purple, yellow, and blue, which reminded me of the earthly lupines blooming in the spring. They also, too, seemed to change colors from green to yellow. Of course, this reminded her of the gorgeous flamboyant trees that are only grown in such tropical places as Puerto Rico, Cuba, and the Caribbean islands. All of the trees on the outskirts of this glorious city produced all kinds of fruit, such as apples, oranges, grapes, cherries, and so many more it would be impossible to name. Upon entering the Golden Gate Bridge, covered with twelve precious stones, there in the distance I saw another vision of all kinds of celestial people and creatures. I saw the most beautiful castle made of gold. Its steeples and windows were shaped and designed like crosses from a gigantic cathedral. I heard melodious music and trumpets blowing, as thousands of people greeted and honored their king. He cheered as he waved his golden scepter to salute them. He was the wise king who sat on the right hand of his throne and ruled his people with much power and authority. The king was dressed in white and purple apparel, and he wore a gold crown with twelve precious stones. There in the distance she saw all kinds of people and strange creatures. The colorful rainbow with strange creatures reminded her of a poem that her mamita shared occasionally with her from time to time. The poem is called Rainbow Bridge Poem. It was published as a public domain for anyone who loved animals, and for some unfortunate reason their pets got sick and passed away. The angel told me that the Rainbow Bridge was created as a special place where animals would go and later walk across it and finally disappear as they said their final farewells to those they once loved. Meanwhile, as we got closer and closer to the brilliant light in the midst of the city, I soon realized that I could fly like the beautiful angel. Of course I did not have wings, but I trusted him, and felt an overwhelming joy in my heart that he was taking me to a very special place, where there would be much love, joy, and peace. At last we arrived to the entrance to the pearly gates, which opened the door to the Eternal City, and the gates were automatically opened, and lo and behold, a miracle happened to me and I could not believe my own eyes. Both my mom and dad greeted me with a great big hug and kiss, and told me to never cry again on Mother's Day, but to cherish the sweet memories of us always in your heart, and to always love the lady who was chosen to be your mom. Treat her with love and respect by showing her how much you love her. 
When I heard these soothing and encouraging words, I suddenly woke up from my dream and pondered in my heart whether this dream was a message from God, reassuring me that my parents were eternally safe and secure in an eternal place of hope, love, and joy. Now I had the courage to face my fears and know that my madrina was a gift from God as my real mother. Shortly after Alicia shared her personal narrative about the most beautiful city, her classmates applauded hysterically and gave her a standing ovation. Justin approached her gratefully and told her, Thank you, Alicia, for sharing my narrative about the Rainbow Bridge poem, and now there is no need for me to share mine. All the students in Maestro Blair's class paid immediate attention as he shook his maraca to get their attention according to Champ's expectation for learning. He gave specific directions for them to take out their colorful sticky notes, to write positive comments to anyone that they wanted to express their appreciation, feelings, thoughts, ideas, and compliments for them to make them feel cared for and loved. Maestro Blair quickly reviewed the champ's expectation for successful learning by stating as he maneuvered the colorful magnetic buttons. C. Voice level zero. H. Ask for help. A. Independent activity. M. Stay seated. P. Eyes and ears. S. Success. The end of this independent writing activity was quickly coming to a close, as the timer counted down to one minute. Right after the alarm sounded off, I directed my students to all take turns, putting their colorful positive comments in the individual buckets of their classmates, located in the back of the classroom. Meanwhile, I found it ironic that every student put his or her note in Alicia's bucket, which was decorated with neon heart stickers and the sentimental words, Te amo a mi mamá. Of course, Alicia put her note in Justin's bucket. He was delighted to read his note that read, Dear Justin, thank you for being the best friend a girl could ever have in this whole wide world. Alicia patiently waited with great anticipation to find out if anyone else had filled her bucket. When she went back, she noticed that all 23 of her classmates put their notes in her bucket. So she asked Maestro Blair if she could read them to the class, and of course, he said yes. Alicia took her sweet time to dip into her bucket and personally read notes about what her classmates thought of her. She told Maestro Blair and her classmates that this would be the most unforgettable and precious time of her entire life. Fanny you are an awesome, beautiful, and cool person on the inside and on the outside. Israel Alicia, you are so brave, and no matter what happens, never give up. Maestro Blair told us how you were bullied and teased, but you kept on fighting. I would love to be a famous actor in the most beautiful city. Mari Alicia, don't listen to people that tell you mean stuff. I'm sorry that you do not have a real biological mom. When you started to cry, I asked you why you were crying, and I started to cry with you. You asked me if I could be your friend, and I said yes. Prissy 
Alicia, I want to be your best friend so we can go out and play at recess. I will always be there for you, and I will tell you that everything will be okay. Anne, after you get comfortable, Alicia, I would like to ask you why you used to cry so much on Mother's Day. I would respect your feelings because you are a beautiful and smart person. Joshua, hello, Alicia. My name is Joshua. Do you want to be my friend? Because I can help you with your homework and how to translate from English to Spanish. Eula, Alicia, I am sorry that person spreaded your secret. Katie, I would like to hang out with you and help you. I would let others know that you are my best friend. George, I want you to be my buddy. Alexander, welcome, Alicia, to our class. What is your nickname? Isabella. ¿Quieres ser mi amiga? Quiero que siga siendo valiente. Yam. Hi, Alicia. My name is Yam, and I would like to be friends with you. I can help you with your homework and anything else you may need help with. Brian. Hello, Alicia. I am Brian. Be careful because there are bad people that hurt you, but I am here to be your friend. I am always alone in this corner, and I see everything. So if anyone bothers you, I will help you. Ava, Alicia, you can do it. Believe in yourself. Keep on working and don't give up. Jaden, I want to surprise you with an encouraging card that says you are cool. You matter to me, and I hope that you will be happy. Immediately after reading the positive comments from all of her classmates, Alicia stood up in front of the whole class to thank everyone for being kind, empathetic, caring, respectful, and compassionate bucket fillers. Next, she shed tears of joy and happiness. She told all of them, I love and care for you. You have made me the happiest girl in the whole wide world, and now I have 22 more friends besides Justin. I will never forget this moment in time. I just can't wait to tell my mom, Miss Runfio, that I have the best classmates in the whole wide world. Madara Hey, Alicia, I will be your friend. You will be a good and sweet friend to me. Jesus, me encantaba que estés en nuestro salón. Te respetaban y siempre vamos a ser tus amigos. Espero que te guste esta escuela. Stacy, hello, Alicia. I would like to be your friend and hang out with you. Don't listen to bullies. Maestro Blair thanked Alicia again for her kind and compassionate words. Then he directed the students to begin creating their special Mother's Day cards, which will be presented on the last day of school, May 30th, 2022. For the first time ever, Alicia could not wait to present her mom with a special Mother's Day card, and this year she decided to create a special Mother's Day message on the outside of her red bucket. Her classmates also wanted to decorate their buckets too. The ABC countdown was quickly coming to an end, because we were now on letter M, Mother's Day. Alicia decorated her red bucket with the words, Te amo a mi mamá. Finally, Alicia had a brilliant idea. 
I will fill my madrina's bucket for the rest of my life by telling her how much I love, respect, and appreciate her for adopting me and caring for me. I will cherish the dream that I had that evening when she took me to a faraway place near the deep dark blue lake. I thank God for revealing the dream to me as I flew with the angel to the most beautiful city, filled with grace, love, and peace. It was the king who granted me the petition to enter the golden gate to meet my biological parents. I will never forget what they told me. They said, go back to earth and love, respect, and appreciate the mom that promised to take care of you if anything would ever happen to us. On the last day of school, on May 30th, 2022, Students in Maestro Blair's 5th grade dual language classroom received their diplomas and special award certificates as they marched across the main aisle in the school's auditorium. That year, the coronavirus had disappeared completely. Our principal, Mrs. Cariñosa, informed everyone at Sanchez to remove our masks and give each other great big smiles and a hug. The next morning, we all prayed and thanked God for delivering us from this deadly and invisible virus that destroyed the lives of millions of people in the United States and throughout the world. Alicia and her mom stopped by room D13 to say their last farewell to Maestro Blair. Alicia hugged and thanked her teacher, Maestro Blair, for doing something to make the world a better place. He thanked Alicia and her mom, Miss Runfio, for filling his bucket by making him the happiest teacher in the whole world. And as the story will always be told, Alicia became the happiest and smartest girl ever because she lived happily ever after and never cried again on Mother's Day. The End This has been The Most Beautiful City the Passing of Our Beloved Ones, La Bellissima Ciudad, written by Maestro Walter Anthony Blair and narrated by Madeline Steinbach.